0: Welcome back to another episode of the Construction Lending Podcast. Are you ready to understand the nuts and bolts of construction inspections? In today's episode, we chat with Blake Walter from Walter Residential in Atlanta, Georgia. Blake gives us a clear vision of the challenges in new construction and renovation inspections and discusses the use of technology for efficiency in the field. From fuel points to inspecting with drones, we navigate it all. I had
1: to learn how to become efficient with my time and also lean on technology to help me
2: kind of streamline that process. Is it easier to do renovation or harder to do renovation than it is a new construction? I think
1: it's harder because
2: you don't know what
1: typically what's existing. A challenge that I run into with draw
2: inspections is typically draw inspection requests are very vague. I'd like to welcome everybody to the podcast today. I'm joined with Blake Walter. Uh, he's an independent fee inspector in Atlanta, jo- in Atlanta, Georgia, with Walter Residential. Uh, Blake, thanks for joining the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Now we we were talking a little bit uh, before we we started the podcast, and you know had a couple of really good stories going. But you know before we dive into to a lot of that, you know I'd, I'd really like to know you know a little bit about your company you know how you got here why don't you just tell me a little bit about uh, walter residential and how you got to doing construction draw inspections
0: well
1: kind of a funny story i grew up in construction uh, my father was a general contractor and then decided to take a move to florida worked in software for a little bit and, and kind of just was ready to get back outside and so um started working uh for a company out of texas that was uh turned out to be kind of a scam uh and and they got me certified through Internachi and got me started with the whole home inspection thing um and i started doing standard home inspections and i don't know just felt like there was something out there that was different. I didn't like running in the same vein as everybody else. It seemed like everybody was fighting over the same inspection. So started looking for something different and, um, ran across a company that was just looking for a little bit of, uh, help I, I emailed them. They said, you know, we're only looking for a full-time guy. And I said, uh, well, if you're looking for something else uh, in the future, let me know." And you know, for part time or something. And and they reached back out to me a few months later and said, "Hey, we're looking for a part time guy." It ended up being it was really vague, and you know, ended up being um, a hedge fund. And we started out inspecting houses, really run down houses, typically boarded up properties that we'd go inspect. And I mean you name it from squatters to um, all (laughs) kinds of things, houses falling down. I I inspected a house one time that was fire damaged and it had a huge hole in the roof and the house had been raining in the house for what looked like about a year and they just left it. And so I went and did a, I mean, as good of an inspection as you could do on it. And, um, And so, we started doing inspections for the hedge fund and we do it it grew and grew and grew over about three years. We started doing about three inspections a week and then it went from three to about between five and 10 a day. Wow. And so, uh, and there ended up being about 10 of us inspectors in Atlanta. So we were looking at a lot of houses and um, that kind of, you know, like anything else, you work that much, <laughs> she kind of get a little bit burnt out. So, um, my wife and I had a child and she's told me that, hey, you need to dial it back a little bit. We want you to be around a little more for our child so he knows you. And so we kind of started looking into other things and she actually came across draw inspections. And so that's kind of how we got, uh,
2: got connected with that. So, so your wife, found the journey to draw inspections. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. So, you know, you, you, she finds something online is like, Hey, you got to check this out. This looks a little bit more flexible and you know, you're off to the races.
1: You know, she, she is very resourceful. I mean, she loves to find a deal. So she somehow got on some forum and found somebody that uh said they did draw inspections and she started looking up draw inspection companies and that's how she ran across Langorilla and so she's like let's sign up for it. What can it hurt? And I'm like thinking, I okay. Oh, <laughs> that, no, that's that's great. usually how most of the stuff works is is she's finds something and then she says, Let's go for it and you know In retrospect i look back down i'm like wow she's signing me up for it there's no risk for her it's just for me but whatever we go for it has she ever gone
2: out and done a draw inspection
1: oh was she so she was a teacher for nine years so in the Mm -hmm. summer she'd go with me on inspections and Mm -hmm. she told me after a while after we started doing draw inspections for a while she said you know this is so much better than inspecting for the hedge fund you know she's (laughs) <laughs> she'd always tell me i need to park in the driveway you know and and leave my truck running and so that because uh, she didn't feel super safe with some of these others and now we're going to do these draw inspections and and around here most of the draw inspections are, are custom homes so um you know downtown uh, in the in the cities that live around that we live around and, and much much nicer builds you know typically probably a million plus so uh, wow. it's definitely an improvement
2: so what do you you know aside from it sounds like you got a little benefit on the the flexibility and having a kid on the way you got a little bit mm-hmm. more control over your schedule what uh, what do you like about it
0: um,
1: I think one thing that's really um, Beneficial is that the people want you to be there. So the contractors, they need money. So um, they're not they're not really jamming you up or making it difficult for you to get out there. Um, and so that's that's really nice because they work with you. So you call them up and say, Hey, you know, I just got a request for a draw inspection. You have any issue with me going out in the next hour or two i'm i'm gonna be in the area and um they're like absolutely here's the access information you know or i'll meet you there or whatever it is um that really really helps us as an inspector because we can just go we can get it done quickly and send the information off and and everybody's happy the, the lender gets their inspection back quickly and there the money is released much faster so that helps
2: now this is awesome having you on the podcast you know most uh, most of our audience is made up of, of lenders or those in the lending community that you know they uh they're out making construction loans or they're mani- managing construction draws you know so it's exciting to have you know this perspective from from somebody out there boots on the ground you know inspecting these properties like what kind of um you really probably don't get to talk to a lot of lenders and trying to understand what, uh, you know, maybe the way they're underwriting the loan or some of the decision-making that, uh, uh, that's involved in accepting a builder's budget to build a home. But what kind of feedback, you know, if we use this form as an opportunity to pr- provide a little bit of feedback from an inspector's perspective, you know, what uh, what do you run across, you know, that, that you think could benefit them? You know, are there things that, you go out and you look at the inspection. You go, what the heck are they talking about here in this line item, and why are they asking me to inspect it? Or doesn't make any sense. Or you know, what what kind of advice would you give to to lenders out there on how to better prepare the inspector who's out, uh, you know, inspecting these projects?
1: So I'd say the one of the, and this is just kind of industry wide, but a challenge that I run into with um, draw inspections is. Typically draw inspection requests are very vague. Um, It's even down to the point of you'll go into a house that's being remodeled, let's say, and the builder is requesting a draw on on this remodel and it'll say drywall repair. And you're looking at this question and you're looking at the house going, where? (laughs) you know and and you're just like i don't know i mean i walk through the house and everything looks fine so i'm guessing they did the drywall repair um not really sure you know and it's it it's kind of stuff like that the the questions tend to be pretty vague uh and that can make things difficult um other than that, uh, everything is pretty self-explanatory. I don't think that there is much uh, industry-wide that I've seen. I've even looked it up on um, some of the companies like InterNACHI and, and looked up uh, training on draw inspections because it's every type of inspection has its own unique kind of direction that, that you'd like to go um and so i've even looked it up and there's really not much out there to help the inspector um kind of prepare for what a lender is looking for so more than anything it's just experience or trying to get with somebody else that has the experience in that field Mm -hmm. and help have them fill you in so if there's any kind of communication that a lender can provide to an inspector on what specifically they are looking for that would really, really be helpful.
2: No, that's, that. that's great. It makes me think of, um, you know, certain things with, with, with budgets, but it, would you say like a, a majority of those issues around like what the scope is, um, for a particular item, like, like say drywall, is that mainly in renovation? Is it easier to do renovation or harder to do renovation than it is a new construction?
1: I think it's harder because there's, um, You don't know what typically what's existing and and what, uh, I mean, you can see the items that are existing, but you don't know as far as like, if you come in, like, for example, I went to a house the other day, uh, and did a draw on it and the house was probably 60% finished. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time that they'd ever called a draw on it. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking, wow. You know like you know and it's the same kind of thing with a renovation right it, it, if you're getting um, inspected by the city you have intervals right like you have to have your free drywall you know framing inspection all kinds of things and and you can't proceed forward unless you get these inspections and when you're coming to a renovation it doesn't really happen like that they could work and do as much as they need to do and then they call for a draw and you know they may have closed up all the walls so you don't know what plumbing repairs or you know anything that they've done so you're kind of just looking around visually trying to to inspect these things and so that can make things very difficult with the renovation the, the new construction's a little easier because um I think that they call more often for a draw inspection so you can kind of see things at different stages so you know exactly what they're doing especially if you're if you have that property uh, from start to finish so you you've been out there before you know a few weeks prior and so so you know you saw hey I saw it when all the walls were opened up I saw all the the plumbing I saw the electrical I saw that kind of stuff so you kind of know um, but sometimes when you step into an inspection or on a property that you've never been to before, and it's 70, 80%, you're just trying to do your best to, to pick up where the last guy left
2: off. Yeah, trying to make some reasonable assumptions going, you know, hey, we got yes. drywall up, but is there insulation behind that that drywall? So you're out looking, okay, they got a bunch of bags in the mm-hmm. front yard uh, in the trash heap, or uh, I can see a little bit of drywall coming out right here where they're doing some electrical work. I think yeah. when I, when I kind of, you know, go back in time and think about when I was doing draw inspections, which feels like ages ago, but the ones that used to get me were... You know, some of the ways that, you know, say electrical and plumbing were segmented, you know, it's like, uh, you know, underground plumbing, rough in plumbing, top out, uh, finished plumbing. It's like, you know, and that could be one way that you look at it, uh, you know, the construction project. And then the next one you look at, it's just one row that says plumbing, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or the, the different definitions on top out you know, and top out would, you know, depending on how you search the internet, I remember searching that the first time going, oh my gosh, there's different ways. You know, it's like topping out of the, topping out of the, uh, the slab, topping out of the, uh, uh <laughs> the roof line of the house. And well, what exactly is top out? And I would always just be, uh, uh fascinated by the different terminology and the ways that things can be described. But I always found new construction a lot easier because either it was done meaning it wasn't there in existence before and it is there now versus renovation where it's, you know, it's a lot more vague, you know, so the if I had to recap kind of what you were saying is, you know, especially when it comes to renovation, the more uh, descriptive, um, you know, the, the more context that can be provided to the scope of work, the better outcome kind of, you know uh, good stuff in good stuff out. Right, you give That's me you right. give me a junkie budget, and you just put the word drywall at a renovation project. You know the quality of this inspection is going to be questionable. Versus, mm-hmm. hey, you wrote me two long paragraphs of exactly where, what, and how much is a lot easier. Is that the the yes. way you put it?
1: Yes, for sure, and, and um, yeah, just just essentially being able to kind of give us an idea of of what we're looking for and mm-hmm. what what you want in return and so um because we're out there and you know if you're doing a handful of of draw inspections every day you're dealing with a bunch of different lenders it's like anything else everybody has their own style and and different things that they're looking for and so um you know we're out there and we're your eyes to see what what's actually being built and so we can provide you whatever you need just as long as we know what we're looking for.
2: No, that's great to know. What What are some of the other challenges that that you run into? You know, one of the kind of things that I gravitate towards is just locating the right property. You know, especially <laughs> a new construction. I I mean, I can't tell you how many times I was just driving down a kind of rural road, looking. You know, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. You know, and you're you're driving back and forth, spending twenty minutes just trying to find the place. <laughs> like, you run into those same issues
1: yeah so the <laughs> trick that I do with that is, is I look for the permit so typically on new construction they have a, you know a permit box out there and sometimes um, there's a set of properties I'm thinking about near me that uh, they have like four or five houses in a row all new construction all current different stages of the process and um, my GPS just takes me right to all of them so the first couple times i went to them i had to go check every one of the permit boxes and figure out which one which one of these houses am i inspecting right now and thankfully uh sometimes it was it was more than one because that makes it a lot easier um but yeah typically uh you have to go check those permit boxes because GPS hasn't updated yet, and um, sometimes, I, it, it, well, most of the time, other contractors are trying to find this these houses, so uh, they have some sort of um, some sort of uh, indication that this is where the construction site is. Um, I remember doing one; I think it was the first one that I ever did for Land Gorilla. And of course, it's always your first one that's like, you know, something crazy, you know, and it was right at the end of a build. And um, they taken all the signs down and it's in the middle of nowhere kind of in the mountains. And And my gps was kind of taking me to this driveway but it was this dirt road and it was like straight up the hill and i'm like where in the world am i going thankfully i have a four-wheel drive so i'm you know trucking it up this this driveway and i come to this T, and i look left to right somebody's living in the school bus over here on the right and somebody's living in the camper and i'm like where am i and so i go to kind of turn around and up on the hill i see a brand new build and i'm like well i guess that's it and so i drive up there and people were real nice and let me do my inspection and and uh, all worked out but it's always like the first one i feel like really kind of pissed in the waters.
2: <laughs> oh man it's not like you're going to a kid's party and there's a balloon out front and you know no. it is right you know no. you know uh my wife's so good about that you know making sure everything's marked and you know i think us guys are like yeah they'll figure it out but uh, mm-hmm. uh <laughs> Yeah, no, you I'm just having all these flashbacks of, uh, feeling like I'm lost trying to find the right place. No, that's any, any advice, you know, and the reason why GPS doesn't work is like the nine one one address hasn't been updated yet, or it's mm-hmm. still referring lot 28 and you're like, where, you know, the signs down, you know, any, um, kind of proactive advice that you would give to, to an inspector of how to identify a property faster or how to find a property faster
1: um so if you have a builder that's responsive um it's always easiest just to ask them they can sometimes are really good and sometimes they're not uh like i had a house the other day that i inspected and i had been inspecting this property for for months and it had a different address and i was i came and what i'd figured out later was that they were doing it off the lot address and not actually the address they'd put the street name to help you find it but it was actually the lot and when I went there I talked to somebody and they're like yeah that's the last house because there was three new builds and they're like that's the last house on the end and I was like okay and so I'm doing this inspection well I, I get another inspection request for this house and I'm like interesting same street but I've never done this house before and asked the builder he said yes yeah, lockbox code on it here you go okay so I go and I'm like no way this is the same house and I'm like there's no way that I've been inspecting the wrong house because I checked the permit I checked with the builder <laughs> and what I figured out was they just you been using the lot the lot uh, number and the street name as the address and then when they actually got the address for the house they changed it so you got to be a little bit of a detective with these especially new builds um the easiest way to find a property is typically new builds they have contractors that need to get there as well and and usually heavy equipment or at least that's the way it is around here um and so they have gravel that they've laid down and and um a lot of times the builders will have their sign out front so that's really helpful uh, it's rare that you'll see a, an address on a property for me mm-hmm. at least um, but the nice thing is in the notes that you guys provide you typically provide the builder or the contact name and that there has the builder information on it so if you drive up to a property and again like we talked about the the gps isn't always going to be accurate i've had it where i've driven it's taken me to a place and the house wasn't but for like a half a mile further you know and so you're going i don't see anything you know and uh then all of a sudden you see like a construction entrance or something like that um and sometimes you just got to be a little bit of a detective and and be a little bit gutsy and drive down that road and hope you don't get shot (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, because you know you're like you are trespassing i guess and so um but uh but people are usually pretty friendly so if you tell them hey this is what i'm looking for they'll they'll help you out but um yeah looking for those those builders signs and permit boxes and those kinds of things that that's really helpful
2: Oh no, that's, uh, that, that is any, um, you know, from a technology perspective and aside from anything Lion Gorilla, you know, offers in our mobile apps, you know, any technology do you think that can be helpful to, you know, if you're an inspector trying to run a business like you are, you know, what kind of technology or what kind of apps, you know, would you recommend aside from, you know, Google maps, right? Uh, what do you, what do you recommend for anybody? So I leaned
1: very heavily
2: on technology, uh, and that's primarily because of
1: my background. I've used to inspect a lot of houses in a day. So I found that if I did things manually, or I had to come home and do things, then it I was just gonna it was gonna be never ending. You know, I, I didn't want to work a twelve and fourteen hour day, and and then come home and and work two, three, four more hours trying to complete these inspection reports. So I had to learn how to become efficient with my time and also lean on technology to help me kind of um, streamline that process. So so the first thing that I did was I got a laptop stand inside my truck, which has my calendar, everything on it. My truck has the ability to have internet in it, so, um, so my laptop always has internet. And so it's always updating. Email's always coming up. I can see all everything going on right there. It's kind of like a, you know, a dashboard per se for, for my business and what I've got going um, for that day and for the week. And so if somebody calls you, you can have everything open right then and there. That makes things easier. One of the second things that I did, uh, which was out of necessity, mainly I I was doing a lot of roof inspection for big clients and I do like seven a day and they needed them done every day and so if it rained I was really in trouble because I'd have 14 the next day on top of my other inspections and so um, and here in Georgia the houses are big so my wife was a teacher would come with me during the summers and she saw me up on some of these houses and and here we kind of live north of Atlanta, so it's mountains. And she'd see me scooting down these roofs. And you know, typically if you're doing a roof inspection, it's because there's something wrong with it. Hmm. Uh, so there was a few roofs I got stuck on, <laughs> and she told me. She said, "You know, one day, one day you're gonna get a bad roof, and you're gonna come off of that roof, and you'll never be the same again." And she was like you got to do something different and i said the only thing i can think about doing is i could get a drone and she looked Mm -hmm. at me and she said well it's cheaper than a hospital bill and i said fair enough so we got a drone and to be honest i've never looked back since um it's allowed me to do all kinds of things it allows me to provide a better inspection for for the client, because I can see things um, that you couldn't access, but you know normally. Uh, so you know just areas of a roof you couldn't access just because it's too dangerous, um, and then you can also get aerial views of the property, of the roof, of the, the structure, of other structures on the property, and it really kind of gives everybody a, a you know better perspective of um, that property. Um, i'd say that those are probably two of my main things and then i'd say uh, the third thing that i'd really really invest in is a really good quality phone Mm. so um because everything that you do is on your phone Mm -hmm. so you need a good camera you know you need it to be fast because you take so many photos um oh so many photos and so you just need something that's that's going to work it's going to work well and and it's going to hold
2: up for you and so, so I, iphone or android that's the question there right <laughs> iphone or android this is a big deal
1: for, for me i have the iphone there you um, go. The, mainly because uh, i'm on the the apple platform you know i have a, a mac and stuff so um i did have an android before a a few phones ago i had an android Um, but for me the the apple just has been easier and it seems like i I could be wrong but it seems like um, a lot of the inspection companies support the apple um, platform really well Mm -hmm. and so it just has kind of made my life a little easier to have the apple phone but um I think everybody has their own preference.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, that kind of add context to that. I know with our, our product teams and the mobile apps that they do for for the inspectors, the the Android platform really gives a, o- almost like too much opportunity to for design and configurability in the platform. And I think what you, the big differences that you get between the two platforms is with iOS, there's a lot more conformity and standardization, so the expectations of the next thing is, oh, here's what this next list should look like, or this is a button, or mm. you know, this is going to open up a page. Whereas with Android, there's a lot. Well, does this function like that, or does this open up the next? A lot more questions, um, I think, come to my mind. But you know, I think I have I have both sitting around here somewhere. I got an Android for some testing, but you know, it's just I love that they all sync together you know things yes. o- upload automatically and and do all that you know and I, I i love that you get internet in your car and i love <laughs> the drone like you, you i'm so glad i asked that question it was way more uh, than than i was <laughs> expecting now now here's a here's a big question you know how many miles are you driving on average
1: oh man I don't drive as much these days as I used to. I used to put between 250 to 300 miles a day on my truck. Um, I took almost a year off. I bought a truck in 2020, took a year off um from driving that much and i have a uh, hundred and t- almost twenty-five thousand miles <laughs> on my truck <laughs> so is... uh, i pretty living live in it
2: <laughs> yeah i think uh, i want to say our gas prices are north you know high sixes low sevens you know kind of throttle right there in california and you know we're probably in a higher cost area but what what is gas prices in atlanta make me feel bad
1: so To make matters worse i drive a diesel because we have a camper (laughs) um yeah so here here it's like four dollars a gallon um but my wife she's a she's a deal finder and so uh, she shops at the uh, specific grocery store and um so i get about a dollar a gallon off uh, every every time I fill up, which is really good because it's usually two or three times a week, and it's about a hundred dollars a tank,
2: so uh, it's a lot. That that's a good tip for inspectors is like, uh, you know, where where and how do you buy your gas? You know, I'm kind of a we've got Costco out here and right near the house. And it's like, oh man, I got to go wait in line, but you know, it's a dollar cheaper than uh, than everything else, or significantly cheaper, I should say. And you know any recommendations on like where to get the good gas deals? I got my my Vons card. I plug in the number. I get twenty cents off <laughs> a gallon when I do that. You know, it's a uh, sounds like you you so, have that one.
1: So, and I didn't find this. My wife she's the she's the deal finder. But she figured out that Kroger is right down the street from us. We have Costco, but they don't have diesel. Um, and so she found out that that kroger offers four times fuel points if she shops on friday so what she found was they also offer four times fuel points on gift cards and so she, we will go buy she's like well we'll go eat it you know go get a burger we'll go whatever this week and so she'll just go buy gift cards for the places and she gets four times fuel points um on all these things that we're already going to go purchase you know later in the week or or amazon or whatever it is and so she gets all these fuel points and it's it's wild because um we get a dollar off a gallon and it'll save about 30 about 30 dollars per tank for my truck and so
2: that's yeah, your retirement right there, Blake. You know, when you, yeah. you do the math here, I'm I'm calculating this out, 400, you know, 200 miles a day. Right. You know, that's uh you're filling up once a day and 30 you know, that's 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 your, your future right there. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: You know when when things get expensive, you got to get creative. And, um, I kind of thought she was ridiculous in the beginning and now, you know, as it's kind of progressed and you just realize how much we save, if I need to go buy something for my business, I go buy a gift card on Friday and I'll, I'll purchase it through my business and we'll just get more fuel points in that way. Um, because you know, they, they also, you can like, for example, we're in, in December right now and we can still use fuel points from, from, um, November. So uh, when you drive as much as, as we do as inspectors, you got, you have to get kind of creative with it. And, um, I feel like the fuel economy is on these vehicles is, is not getting much better. So, um, and I've looked into electric vehicles and those kind of things, but typically with draw inspections, it's for me anyway, around here, it's typically new builds. And so, um, you need some sort of truck or SUV, Mm -hmm. Uh, because you're, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've had to put it in four wheel drive just to get up the driveway of these properties because they don't have a driveway yet. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) and it's, you know, out here, it's always raining and, and, you know, so it's, you kind of have some, have to have something that's a little higher off the ground and, and potentially have four wheel drive. So. A lot of the, um, and because we drive so much, it's kind of knocked out some of the EV vehicles. So you're kind of looking at a, a truck or an SUV, and, and typically those don't get great gas mileage. So, what,
2: what, what, what I've learned gas. here today, I got to tell you what I've learned here today is, you know, our, when our team was talking about, you know, just what a great guy you were and, you know, what, what great work you've done and this, this amazing business that you've built. I was like, Oh man, we gotta, we gotta talk to Blake on the podcast. You know, this is, you know, I'm really curious on the insights and you know, just how you grow a business the way, the way you did and the way, you know, it, as fast as you did and the way you did and how successful it's been. And my big takeaway is we got to meet your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We got, to we got to bring her on this podcast. I mean, she's got some, uh, some amazing <laughs> insights to hear and, uh, oh
1: i'm gonna be honest i am out in the field doing the inspections and she's in the office doing everything else so (laughs) i feel like i have the easy job and but she she's the one that that's hunting and finding all the the deals and and she she honestly like i said she she brought me to, to land gorilla um i'd never heard of of um anybody that did specifically draw inspections and uh now it's such a huge part of our business and and it's it's really um honestly it's it's improved my life because because i'm able to be home with my family more and um and for that i'm I'm grateful
2: wow man that's uh that's pretty touching that's that's, i don't (laughs) know what to what to say about that i don't think we ever kind of imagine that kind of an impact on on somebody when we started this company so um, you know thank you very yeah. much for, for saying that you know towards the end of the the podcast we roll into you know what we call traditionally what we do with lenders is we go into this rapid fire session and ask a bunch of questions and you know I was kind of thinking about this and and I already already asked some of them along the way about uh, gas prices and, and you know that that experience. But your response right there is just definitely thrown me off and got me a little little emotional. Um, you know, so we'll we'll do a little modified version of the rapid fire. Okay. And I think one of the relevant questions that that we like to ask uh, construction lenders is, would you ever build your own home?
1: Uh... You know, um, uh, it's hard being in this, in this field, everything that you do, you're looking for issues. And so, uh, we've talked about this, well, my wife and I have talked about this a lot and, and it would really be tough, um, to build our own home. just because you see all the issues and you know you know the inherent problems and you know essentially you're building your own home you're becoming the general contractor doesn't matter if you hire one or not but um it's kind of the nature of the beast as an inspector you're looking for all the problems and so um and you know that there are problems and there will always be problems with with construction it's just kind of the nature of the business i mean there's so many pieces of you know raw material that somebody is having to cut and nail and glue and screw and all kinds of stuff put it together and there's just going to be problems and so you know i i sometimes i think about this question and i'm just like i just don't know if i have the headspace for it you know to be able to just to kind of be on somebody enough to be like yeah you know just you guys missed a bunch of stuff over here you, know, you need to come fix it
2: where's my roof? <laughs> where's yes, the roof yes 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 i think your wife probably has the stomach to build the build the home i think she's uh... I,
1: you know sometimes i feel like if if she could handle it and just call me for questions it'd be better you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's you. You mentioned something there, there that really stuck out. You know, I I think it's probably the most uh, truthful and you know realistic uh, set of expectations that that people need to understand is when they do go to build their own own home. Yeah, you may be working with a general contractor, but at the end of the day, you're really filling that role as the general contractor. You you at yep. the end of the day as the individual are truly responsible for making sure that it gets done and yes. you know you're, you're the general contractor on top of the general contractor um, um and a lot of people don't understand that so that's that's really valuable kind of takeaway uh from that you know, somebody, here, here's the next question, you know, somebody interested in, in becoming an inspector, you know, outside of your coverage area, of course, right? Uh, that's listening to this podcast, you know, right now, is trying to figure out, you know, does this sound right for me? You know, what kind of, um, what kind of questions should they be asking themselves or what kind of advice would you give them if becoming a, a draw inspector is a good fit? How do you know that that's, uh, it's right for that person?
1: so um one thing that i would i always tell people because they hear what you do and and it seems like a lot of people it's a pretty common thing for people to look at being an inspector uh, because it offers some flexibility you can kind of set your own schedule and um you get to go into new builds and there's a lot of like neat things i mean we go into i see all kinds of new construction you know, pretty much every day and you see all kinds of things that you're like, wow, I didn't even know that they, this was a thing. I saw uh, lights in a van, in a uh, shower niche the other day and I was like, oh, cool. You know, like <laughs> that's so smart. <laughs> um, I've never seen that, you know, and I've been into thousands of houses and I've never seen that. Um, and so, you know, in that regard, it's really neat. Um, I think the one Thing that i would suggest if i had to do this over again um, i'd probably recommend if you can work for a company or contract for a company uh, because a lot of these inspection companies especially the ones near me they do a really good job training their people and so um, you can essentially work with people that are experienced you can kind of get an idea of how to do inspections. You can work with people that have done inspections and you don't have to go through all that process on your own and figuring it out on your own. Um, of course, like anything else, you don't make as much as you would owning your own business, but you also don't carry the risk as much either. And, Mm. um, starting out of the gate, you don't necessarily need insurance and all that other stuff if you're working for somebody. Mm. So I would recommend finding a local company near you that that, um, would be willing to train you and, and kind of like help you kind of move up that away. And then if, if it's something you're really interested in, then strike out on your own and do something. Um, uh, but, but I did it the hard way. I just took the course. I had construction background, so that helped, but in the first year, I'd say it's pretty slim pickings for oh, me, man. so <laughs> I would say if, if you can get with somebody, you'll ramp up a little
2: faster. That's that's great advice. You mentioned in the earlier when we started this podcast about kind of getting looped into almost like a scam, like you, mm. your first one. Any advice you'd give, you know, hey, stay away from, <laughs> stay away from that. and you don't have to name them if you're not uh, comfortable, but... <laughs> You know what should they watch out for not to get taken advantage of
1: um we 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 well in the beginning because we didn't have any work we were looking for work anywhere that we could get it and i you know i was a new inspector so i didn't have any contacts or anything in that industry and so we we tried all kinds of things. We tried Thumbtack, we tried Home HomeAdvisor. Um, we found companies online that were doing kind of mortgage style inspections. Um, and to be honest with you, nothing really came of any of that stuff. For the, for us, the paid leads really, really, when, when we needed income, they sucked the life out of us and we were like you know this 50 or 150 dollars for these leads is um you know we're thinking well if we do the inspection we're gonna we're gonna get the return you know we'll, we'll have some sort of income and then the thing would never pan out and you don't get any of your money back and so that really really was hard on us in the beginning um unfortunately you know when you don't have any kind of any kind of traffic of of leads and stuff coming in you're you're open to try whatever you can so um i i would i would probably that's kind of why i said i would steer towards uh working with somebody Mm -hmm. that way you can get a little bit of experience on your belt and and kind of stay away from some of those um kind of paid leads and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing that was uh we actually got a uh, mail a couple days ago from one of those companies that we we paid that really really took us for a, a lot of money uh, especially at the time and they had, are getting sued and so oh. um they were sending us some money back because
2: they had been sued for (laughs) their shady practices wow Um, it's gonna make some good fire kindling yes yes (laughs) what uh you know this this has just been absolutely you know amazing you know thank you so much for being on the podcast today now for any banks or any other inspection companies that are that are interested in getting in touch with you and engaging with your services like how should they go about getting in touch with you? Do you have a website? You got an email address, LinkedIn profile? How, how do they get in touch with you?
1: Yes, we have a website. It's um, WalterResidential.com. And my email is just Blake at WalterResidential.com.
2: Oh, that's awesome! Well, thank you so much, Blake, for being on the podcast today. You're such a wealth of uh, wealth of information, and you know, you and your wife have just built a, <laughs> an incredible business. And we're really happy to be doing business with you. So, thank you for being on the podcast today, and look forward to to the future with you. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it.
0: This podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only, and does not replace independent professional judgment. Land Gorilla Inc. makes no representations, warranties, or promises for and disclaims any express or implied warranties related to content. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of the information as it pertains to your unique business needs.